I think the majority of schools weren't really equipped to handle what has happened in terms of the technology. I'm hoping that what has happened now is that a lot of schools and a lot of people who are in administration have now decided that they want to help educate their staff to use technology in order to help their students access content. Everyone and welcome back to Cast Teacherly. My name is Asha and I'm your host for today. And on this episode of Cast Teacherly, we are welcoming Ronaldo Lawrence, an award-winning e-learning content developer and motivational speaker. So thank you so much for joining us today, Ronaldo. Well, it's my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having we me. We are so excited to talk to you today. So today's episode, what we're actually talking about is being back to school in 2020 and embracing technology. But before we begin, I would love for you, Ronaldo, to tell all of our listeners a little bit about yourself, your history, how you got into education, and most importantly, your passion for technology. Sure, sure. So I'm from South Carolina. Okay. Um, I came to England quite some time ago, and I'm very fortunate to have done things in my life that I felt were my calling. Yeah. Um, so basketball, you know, I never thought that I would have a career other than basketball. And um, I've been blessed enough to jump into technology and I feel more passionate about technology than I did about basketball. Wow, yeah, that's quite a jump. <laughs> oh, that is saying something because basketball allowed me to see the world. Basketball allowed me to get a master's degree. It allowed me to go to all but about four countries in the United States wow. and to travel Europe extensively, you know? So, yeah, so, so basketball has been good to me. And technology, I was very fortunate because I was just like sitting in a room one day with um, a guy who was the head of um, IT. And I was teaching PE at the time. And so what happened was he had like two programs up. He had like PhotoDraw, which was a graphics program. He had Microsoft Word up. And he like dragged an image from PhotoDraw to Word. And I almost almost fell off my chair. I was (laughs) like, I'm like, oh my gosh. And taking in mind that I couldn't even spell the word computer. And oh so as you would have it, um, the young lady who was there, Susie Ralph, just said to me that she was pregnant. She hadn't told anybody yet. And that what she was going to do was going to be about eight, nine months before she was going off to you know, maternity leave. And then I was like, okay, she said, so they will be putting the job up in if you want it. So what I did, I went to every single department in the school and I asked them, if you could have an internet site or internet site, what would you have on it? And so they gave me all this information. So literally, I mean, literally for the next year, I spent all the time in the library and I was picking up books, trying to read about things. And because YouTube wasn't really popping back then, you know, when I started, you know, and um, so I had to learn myself. <clears throat> and uh, I cannot tell you the amount of, you won't know about this, but the 56K modems, I cannot tell you how many times that I have been up <laughs> at night trying to upload something and it timed out. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, yeah, so um, I then, I went back and I got the job. And then when I got the job, um, then my son was born and. When he was born, I wanted to be closer to here because the school that I was at, uh, which was uh, the Great Court Hospital Schools in London. Right. So I then moved down to uh, Woking down here, uh, St. John the Baptist School. And um, yeah, and then so I came down here as head of the department. And then it just, you know, and I've been to two other schools. I'm at Glen School in Epsom now. And things just took off. And um, I've been really fortunate to work with companies like Adobe, Apple, Microsoft, you right. know, so I've, I've been really blessed. I'm um, TechSmith, so I've been really blessed, you know. Yeah. 
Of course. And so how did you go about into going into e-learning content? Like, what does that even mean to all of our listeners out there? Okay, to me, e-learning is about taking content and digitizing that content and then putting that content on a platform that anybody have access to regardless of the type of device that you have. Okay. Again, I remember being <clears throat> at a conference in Macromedia was there. And Macromedia was bought by Adobe. And I asked this guy, you know, could you please give me a box of the Macromedia software at the time? And so he just said, I mean, we don't even have a computer department. So what he did was he said, come back next year. So I went back to next year and asked, and they had then hired somebody for education. And so he then gave me a box and then I started creating content. And when I did, then they made me a um, educational leader. And then that was taken over when, when Adobe bought them, I became then an educational leader for them. So, so essentially what I do, Again, I, I cannot tell you how fortunate I am because I've been able to work at a school where you're valued and the things that you do are looked at highly. So I, I work with teachers and I have my own office where I have all my green screen equipment. So we shoot video, record audio, and then we take all that and we put it within the teacher's particular curriculum. The best part about what I do is that every teacher that I work with is a specialist. So I don't have to know their particular area of expertise, but I know my area of expertise. So I can then help them digitize all that content and then we can put it out to students or, and parents on any device. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's, it, it's amazing. And the one thing I tell you, I'm doing two things now okay. that has been fascinating to me because one of them is I started my own school. Right before COVID-19 hit, um, I noticed that there were a lot of parents who had no idea what the Google platform was. Had no idea of how to use the Google platform. Mm, absolutely. But yeah, so I started my own school where parents were coming in and we were teaching them how to use the Google platform. We were teaching them how to build their own little mini websites, how to access Google Docs and all of that. And then the other thing that I'm doing now, <clears throat> which is very dear to my heart, is I am working with a lady. Her name is Vanessa Bob. And we okay. are working with parents to teach them how to use the Google platform and some of the Adobe software to work with those parents who kids are artistic or who have artism. And so what we're able to do is teach those parents how to use documents, how to do things like use their voice to record and they will type for them, you know, stuff like that. How to wow. be able to create videos to put on YouTube where, you know, they can help their students or help their children uh, understand what's going on. So that, that has been very dear to my heart. And over COVID, we've seen that there's been so many communities who have been underserved and it really came out during COVID. And so for me to be able to use the skills that I have to bless somebody else, well, that's just been a total blessing to me that I'm able to help somebody else. And I quite, you know, all of this really happened by accident for me. But it, it's been amazing. It's, it's been amazing. Oh, I can imagine. I, you know, for me, constantly, even throughout distance learning during COVID, I kept wondering, how are children with autism going to handle it? Like, what kind of things are going to be implemented for students who need extra? I did hear, actually, unfortunately, a couple of special needs schools closing down in Dubai because they couldn't quite understand how they could help their students across distance. So it's so nice to hear that like you have taken the initiative to help them and that parents are trying really hard to learn as well. Yeah, so, so what you guys can do for me 
is that you guys can put me in contact with some of those schools and they want me to help them develop little mini programs to help their students and work with the teachers. I would be happy to do that. Absolutely. And for any of our listeners out there who are listening right now, feel free to get in touch with Ronaldo. Yeah, please do. Please of do. course, we'll do. And, and it is definitely something I'm sure we could work more on. Um, yes. and talk to you more about maybe in another episode. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So going back to back to school 2020, of course, we're noticing now the trend is that teachers are taking in more technology. And to you as an e-learning content developer, why is it important to embrace technology in schools? Why should it be becoming more and more part of the norm? Well, I think, I think the first thing, if we actually look at what's going on, I think the majority of schools or the majority of educators weren't really equipped to handle what has happened in terms of the technology. Absolutely. I think it, it just came on, on us all of a sudden. And I, I think I'm hoping that what has happened now is that a lot of schools and a lot of people who are in administration have now decided that they want to help educate their staff to use technology in order to help their students access content. Because I noticed that in the States, a lot of those school systems are not going back. You know, so they desperately need to create a bunch of content, you know, for those students to access. And I just think that also the other thing is, you know, regardless of what you do today, technology is going to be a part of that. And regardless of where you go, and there's no hiding, technology will be a part of our future. Absolutely. And I think video, video is just, I just love video. Because I, think <laughs> video, I just think video can help so many people. And I think the, the thing that I really love about video is that I don't have to be present and I can go back and re-listen and then do my assignment as I go along, you know? So, so some of the things that I do is I, I create a lot of content and put that content using software like Adobe Spark, yeah. using Premiere Pro, you know, using the Google platform, uh, using Microsoft Word, using Camtasia Studio, you know, using a wide range of software in order to create content to make sure that we can provide teachers, parents, and students with content that they can interact with, that they feel great about listening to it and, and see. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And while we are embracing all of this technology, because inevitably, as you said, it is going to be the part of future work. Do you think there are any disadvantages of using technology or kind of how we brushed upon earlier about using technology for kids with autism? But what about kids who do not have access to technology? I think that is a huge problem. And, and one of the things that I've always cried out for is that all of these companies there should be no way that they are making those billions of pounds or billions of dollars. Yes. Not providing free service to kids at home, especially these kids who are, are not as well off as other kids. There should be something, at least even if it was, say, maybe two hours at night that they provide a free service, you know, the BTs and the horizons and, and and the virgins, you know, they should be doing something to help these children because, you know, and, and it's a cliche, but these kids, man, these kids are going to be running the country. It's and true. Re <laughs> and, and regardless of who you are, regardless of your age at present, you're going to get older. You're going to yeah. get older. There's no stopping that. And I think that if we don't prepare these kids who are coming up now, you know, to be able to think for themselves and to be independent and to be able to access content on a computer, to be able to create content on a computer, you know. And one of the things that I've noticed now is that I love coding. I'm, in the, I'm not into coding myself personally, but I think it's very important. Yeah. But there are a hell of a lot more kids who are creative than there are coders in this world. 
And the government in the UK, I think they've done a lot of kids a disservice by having everything geared toward the coding. And I think the creativity side has been missed out a lot. And I think it is such a shame because, you know, I see some of the kids that I deal with and, oh my gosh, are they creative. And I think also the other thing is we need to start developing curriculum that these kids find interesting, you know, and I think video can play a big part in that. I really do. Absolutely. I I more than agree with you. I think, you know, even for me growing up, I graduated high school in 2016 and I didn't even know what coding was. I didn't really have access to any of this. And I am really grateful that I do have the opportunity to interact with so much technology, but I just think, wow, if only we had a curriculum that was more involved and teachers that were more involved, how much more advanced would society be? You know, I think part of the huge problem that we have is that we have a curriculum that at the end of it, you have to be tested and you have to come out with a grade. And I think that just stunts kids' growth tremendously. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't have some system that we have to be accountable for what we've learned. But I'm just saying that I think when you come into the seventh grade, when you come into the eighth grade or year seven or year eight, you don't need to be tested that much. You know, you need to be able to orientate yourself to the institution that you're going to and learn how to be a little person first. And, and, And I think we have sort of got it wrong in that aspect. You know, I just think that we're not doing our kids any disservice. Anytime you got a year seven or year eight students worry about an exam and they don't know who they are yet, I think that's a problem. Absolutely. I was really hopeful that, you know, this pandemic will kind of reform the education system to get rid of exams. But unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. But I definitely agree with you. After a certain age, what is the point of sitting in a hall writing an exam? Yeah, you no, know, I don't think they're going to get rid of it. We're going to be very vivid and very honest here. Yeah. I don't think they're going to get rid of it because, first of all, it makes too many people too much money, okay? So Absolutely. all these exam boards, you know, this is how they make money, by writing the content and then having the exams. You know, that's why a lot of these schools, you know, that's why you have the options now switching from course to course to try to find out, you know, I'm hoping teachers are trying to find out what's better suited for their students, you know. Yeah. Um, but a lot of these companies, man, it's just about the dollar, you know, and regardless of what they say, you know, I don't believe a lot of them because I think a lot of it is about the dollar or the pound and yeah. you know, see how much money we can make. Absolutely. Enough. Especially enough. within privatized education and higher education institutes, it's Definitely just about the money. But I think COVID slapped everybody in the face. (laughs) Absolutely. And and, and you know what I learned during COVID that I honestly learned? Half of the people who I thought knew what they're doing have no idea what they're doing. Oh, gosh. They don't have a clue. And when I say that, I mean that they were struggling just like I was struggling because no one knew how to deal with this. And that's why I like to say that anybody out there, man, if you are thinking about a career, if you're thinking about being the person that you really want to be and trying to develop, you know, different skills, go for it. Now is the perfect opportunity to go for it because, you know, now is opportunity out there that people who were desperate. I used to hear this thing where people used to say, oh, you need to have one skill, you know, one. Nah, no. <laughs> you need to be multi-talented Absolutely. and by being multi-talented you know you can because now with jobs you know man a lot of people have been laid off now yeah. and a lot of that is because they specialize in certain things you know and I just think that you know if you have more strings to your bow you know you can provide a company with much more you know 
At least that's my way of thinking about it. Yeah, that's why I'm trying to learn as much about technology as possible because I want to make myself as valuable to somebody as I can, you know, to whatever organization I work and to myself, you know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I think in in kind of a twisted way that like by involving more technology in distance learning, we are enhancing our student skill set. We're not limiting them. Like suddenly my nine-year-old cousin knows how to start a Zoom call and put me on mute. You know, it's fantastic in a way. <laughs> but that's their future. That, that's Absolutely. their life. And, and one other thing I want to say about that, you know, people yeah. have this thing that they think that kids know about technology. Well, you know, yeah, they might know how to play games. They might know how to do this or that. But if you ask a kid to open up a Word document, insert a table, format that table, they don't have a clue. They don't have a clue how to do that. And I think what we need to do, instead of trying to teach these kids, you know, like in year seven, year eight, yeah, they can code, but they need to go back and learn the basics. You know, a lot of the kids don't even know how to create folders. You know, they don't know how to transfer documents from one place to the other. And these are skills that they will need when they get out into the real world. You know, and I just think that we've tried to jump so far ahead without teaching the basics to our kids. You know, we used to have the national curriculum and it was wonderful because I knew that whatever I taught in this part of the country, if I went up north, they're teaching around about the same thing. And now, man, we've got something like the wild, wild west now, you know, where everybody can just teach what you want. And, you know, so you don't know who's learning what. And there's no real consistency, you know, yeah. with a lot of these kids. And then with me, because I hated school. My <laughs> God, I hated school. And so I know how it feels not to, to be in a classroom that I'm thriving. Right. And I just think that a lot of the curriculum that we have now, we are not letting these kids progress the way that they need to. You know, can I tell you something? A lot of the people that I see in society now who are doing extremely well are people who can lay bricks, people who can, you know, fix toilets, people who can do various things. And if you got somebody who that is the way that they're going, you know, we need to create those kind of envi- apprenticeship environments so these kids can prosper, you know? Yeah. Not everybody's meant to code. Not everybody's meant to sit in a classroom, you know, all of their life, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. Do you think education systems would ever evolve to be twofold? So kind of providing students with a kind of apprenticeship style learning but also a traditional style i think there are places now that do i know we do it a little because we have um, okay certain classes we have certain classes where kids are learning how to lay bricks kids are learning how to you know build things but i, I think where when i was growing up it was amazing because if you wanted to say be a photographer you had these specialized schools or specialized classes that you could take but then what they taught you was they also taught you who wanted to be a photographer. Then what you need to do is learn how to run a business too. So they showed you how to type. You know, they showed you how to do a little bit of video. They showed you how you know work with the camera. So it was like a whole curriculum. You know, and then the other thing, and I know it's sort of going out now, but the other thing I think we feel as a society, how many schools, and I hope there's a people are saying we do, we do, we do, but how many schools are teaching kids the basics of life? How to feel good about themselves. How many schools are teaching kids how to balance checkbooks? How many schools are teaching kids just how to, you know, to live, how to cook, you know, how to do things that they're going to need to do? What we do is we go through with all this curriculum a lot of time, then just throw them out to the wolves and absolutely figure it out. Yeah, yeah, that life. Yeah, they'll figure it out. We taught them what they needed to learn on the curriculum. 
I don't use any of the algebra that I've ever used in my life. You know, I have never had the time when I needed to use it. And I can understand that education is, to me, education is about teaching somebody how to learn. That's what, to me, education is. And teaching and then using what you've learned in order to, to, to learn other things and to make your way in the world. But there's so much stuff that is taught in schools that's not really ever used in a lot of other people's lives, you know? Absolutely. So, it's my yeah. little bare bug. Okay. <laughs> and that's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, unfortunately, Ronaldo, we are nearing the end of our podcast recording. Um, so I'm going to divert the conversation a little bit back towards technology and back to school before we end yep. and ask you what is your advice to any teachers right now who are struggling with juggling this new technology in this new normal for back to school in 2020? I think the first thing that you need to do, first of all, is to learn the basics. I think also what you need to learn how to do is go get yourself a YouTube channel. You know, learn how to use Google Meet, learn how to use Zoom, learn how to use the Google platform, you know, learn how to use you know, the platform that are online. Because I think more and more when, when people go into these companies, because I think you've noticed now that a lot of companies like Google, Microsoft, you don't have to come back to 2021. A lot, I think in yes. the future, a lot of people will be working from home. And so you have these processes and these procedures that you will need to learn. And I think in schools, we have a, a, a magical opportunity to teach these kids how to work online. Yes, you know? absolutely. Yeah, so I, I think I, I'm hoping that as an educator, that you're looking at ways that you can, you know, teach online, that you're looking at ways that you can learn to create content online. And the thing that I want to say to all educators, man, this stuff is free. YouTube is free. <laughs> free. You know, yeah. it's free. You know, the Google platform is free, you know, and all it takes is a little bit of time just to sit down and learn. And let me put it like this. If you don't, well, you won't. If yeah. you do, well, you will. <laughs> That's great. Thank you so much for sharing, Ronaldo. And thank you so much for taking the time to be on Cast Teacherly. It's been such a pleasure. Hi, it's my pleasure. I think you guys do a fantastic job. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much, Ronaldo. Pleasure. Thank you for tuning into Cast Teacherly. We hope you enjoyed that episode. If you're interested in embracing more technology in your classroom and in your lesson planning, please feel free to check out Teacherly on www.teacherly.io to create your free account today. Thank you.